0: to From the Basement Up. My next guest is Chanel Fuller, a mom and entrepreneur who's created a clothing brand for kids that is known for its minimalist style. Chanel's genius is a gift for moms wanting soft, high quality clothing that removes the fuss. The brand excels with the basics, is gender neutral, and shares big smiles in white, gray, and black. Does it sound familiar? Well, it should. The clothing line is Miles and Milan, And it's been on Oprah's list of favorite things, recommended by celebrities, and found in stores like Saks and Nordstrom. The clothing inspires an effortless style that is current and allows a little one's cuteness to shine through. Chanel is a veteran in the world of fashion. She has worked as an executive at brands like Converse, Talbots, Levi, and Seven for All Mankind. And I'm very excited to have her share her journey with us today
1: hello Chanel and welcome hello to you both thank you so much for having me um, it's an honor to be here um, as you guys grow this um, podcast
0: oh thanks yes, you're so happy that you're here thank you for coming um, so I did want to ask I I have found the feedback that we've gotten from our from our listeners is they really want to hear about our guests um, your background kind of what makes you tick and really a lot a lot of that kind of builds into your career, and then how you build your brand. So
1: I would love for you to give us just background on you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's important as well. And just to give you uh, my history is I'm born and raised in Boston. I'm living in California currently, but um, my parents are natives of the island of St. Vincent. So they came here um, in the early 70s um, looking for new opportunities in America. Um, And I was born, so I come from an immigrant background of um, family and started my my life in the city of Boston. So I'm a city girl at heart, moved out to the suburbs, um, went to college and really was planning on being a social worker. I really loved working with people and helping people in their journeys and on their struggles with life. But I've always had a love and a passion for fashion and I didn't mean to rhyme that, <laughs> um, but it's always been in the back of my mind. It's just been my uh, uh, a core hobby of mine. I've always loved styling um, clothes. My dad was a tailor. Um, so he, he was one of his many hobbies that he had. So I would be with him sewing clothes and using the scraps to make things for my dolls. So it was always a passion of mine. So even though I went to school to become a social worker, I found myself working in retail and really working myself um, throughout the ladder of the corporate retail. Um, And that's really where I started to learn my skill set and realize this is a true passion um, of of mine and I can do something that I love um, at the same time. So that's kind of my background.
0: So I love that. And one thing I, I and learning more and more about and also having people work for me, you really start seeing the the loves that people have and the things that they're drawn to. And then that's really where you're kind of pulling those fabulous ideas and fabulous things. So at what age did you know you were like when you were right out of college? Did you go into
1: social work? Or were you right away going into retail? No, I actually, during college, I worked for the state of Massachusetts, um, for the licensure board of social work. Um, so I had, a, I had a very good job, um, working for, you know, the state that's like the, the state is ones that give you your, your certification in order to practice license, um, in order, in order to practice social work. And, um, I loved it, but it wasn't, it was, um, I I love working with people, but it wasn't giving me that spark every day of, you know, getting out of bed, you know? Um, So I decided to move to New York um, and I switched gears and I have a minor in accounting. So I was like, okay, let me switch and try, you know, working with, um, as an accountant for a retail company. Um, And I actually was working under, um, I was the apprentice for a controller, and it was in a a very large well-known family-named um privately run fashion company um and i would have to report out the business i'd see the you know pay all pay all the accounts receivables and all of those for all the fashions that came in so i saw that i looked saw that fashion was more of a business Versus just like, oh, these just clothes just show up in a store, like <laughs> you know, like, so we were, you know, working with, you know, the sales associates and all of that, just making, making sure the financials were appropriate. And that's where I kind of saw the, the back end of fashion. And I really um, started to learn it and I had a very great um Boss that really took me under her wing, um, and actually one of the she kind of kicks herself like her and I talked to this day that she took me to a um, a seminar, a retail seminar. So we went to a retail seminar together, um, and I remember just like falling in love with all the speakers and really getting inspired and saying like I really want to make a career for this. So I ended up leaving <laughs> after she took me to this. center. she's like, I wish I never took you because she did not want to lose me, um, but. But, um, yeah, so, you know, that's pretty much how I, I started to kind of navigate my way into fashion. I, that's a great story. So
0: it's, you're so lucky you found this wonderful mentor right off the bat and yes. just inspired you. It was kind of destiny meant to be, she yeah. helped you find your path. Um, the, probably the, one of the most important questions is I would love
1: for you to describe Miles and Milan for, for the, for our listeners. So Miles and Milan is a basics um, children's clothing line, and I use basics loosely because we do offer some fashion items as well, but it's under the gender neutral um, lens that, you know, it's a blank canvas for parents to use, Um, you know, when I was pregnant with my, when I was pregnant, um, I began to receive clothing that was you know stereotypical pink or blue um, you know cartoon prints of fire trucks or ballerinas um, but it didn't really seem to ha- have a minimalistic approach to it it was already predetermined it was already stereotypical of like my kids going to like um, fire trucks and baseballs because if I have a boy that's what they have so I really wanted something that was sleek that was you um, pretty much a foundation for parents to build upon. Um, I really wanted it to be for everyone. So it didn't matter if you were a maximalist. It didn't matter if you were bohemian. It didn't matter if you were, you know, very floral or approached or even loved color that, you know, it was, these can mix and match into any wardrobe that you have. And it can become your go-to item as well because, as, as you know, parenting is a very time-consuming <laughs> job, so you don't have the luxuries of perfecting perfectly manufactured, um, perfectly manicured um, outfits. You just need to get out the door and have you your kids and yourself look um, presentable. So that's kind of where it is, it's just basics that are meant to mix and match with anything in your child's growing closet, all and- under the lens of black, white, and gray. Yeah.
0: and. I love this because you'll see at least I had a boy and, uh, you know, he was fine at dressing himself. But some of my friends' daughters, the things that they would throw together, put together, um, it was quite funny. We had a uniform.
2: I went to private school growing up and I was kind of just thinking this is kind of like an everyday uniform for kids that don't have a uniform. You don't even have to think twice about it. And I would be that kid running around being like, like, I went to public and private school and all the kids that are like, uniforms are terrible. This sucks. I would be like, this is the easiest thing in the it's, morning. I have to yes. just throw on whatever <laughs> it's laid out for me.
0: And, and here you, you go. You but don't there, have to worry what, what the kids put on. But there
2: is one time in like third grade that my mom convinced me that jeans would look good under a
0: skirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is a huge thing. How, how does a person decide one day that they want to start a clothing line and your own fashion brand. How how do you how did that come Especially about? Especially
2: coming from a life of social work, I'm trying to connect them. It's, it's amazing. Well,
1: yeah, so I guess if I have to back up, I came from the lens of I wanted to be a social worker. Worked myself up into um, a lot of corporate careers. My very first, so I was working at that private um, retail store, luxury retail store. And in order to get an understanding of true retail, my first corporate retail experience was Talbots. So I went to Talbots and I entered into their buying program. And I recommend anyone that wants to create anything of just getting a knowledge, whether it, you know you go to school for it or you find, you know, you work in a company. Like let's say, example, you want to be a chef, you know, maybe you start as a waiter, then you start, you know, in the back chopping vegetables, and you just learn the business. So that was my lens of like, okay, I really want to do this, I need to be able to understand all facets of fashion. So I went into a buying program at Talbot's. I'm not a Talbot's customer, but I wanted to know the business. I was 20 in my early 20s at the time. um, So I went in there trying to figure um, things out. Now, if you fast forward to when I'm in my mid 30s, and really becoming pregnant at the time and like, you know, about to go on maternity leave and trying to figure out how can I, you know, do the things that I love and create a business and not necessarily create a business, but also raise my son because I don't want to part with him. Um, I really had to take a step back and, and say like, okay, how can I gain some sort of independence, but for myself, but also be able to be. An important part of my child's milestones in the years of him growing up. Um, So I started consulting when I was pregnant. Um, And I was called retail consulting at that time, which allowed me a little flexibility that I needed. I could, you know, take my son with me to my meetings, you know, and all of that. And I really liked that ownership of being a consultant. Um, And then it just happened when I was again a new mom trying to run my business and trying to get out the door and realizing, like, I don't have the this hour of luxury to do my makeup and, you know, pick out my clothes. I needed to get out the door. I need to get out the door fast. I started to realize I had my uniform, as you will, um, you know, just postpartum pregnant, had a few pounds. I would always wear a hat. I had a leather jacket. I had some black pants and I had a white flouse underneath. And that's literally what I wore every single day, (laughs) like (laughs) variations of hats. Like, and you know, my son was just like, he would always be, like I said, in these cartoon, like very disjointed outfits. I'm very like black, white and gray myself, you know, hat, leather jacket, jeans, nice bag. My kids like in this like bright red or yellow splatter print, like SpongeBob square pants. And we were like, we just totally didn't look alike at all. (laughs) So I had this like, okay, I need to, there's not something, he doesn't have this uniform. He doesn't have this basic tea. He doesn't have this. It's either Carter's or Gerber's. And we know the quality of that is just like, he spits up on it once and I have to throw it away. You know, like I need something that I can get out the door easy. So that's when I started to see that, I started to search for it, couldn't find it. And that's when I was like, okay, this could be something. Cause I know there are moms out there like me that want to get out the door, but want to also look presentable. Um, so I just used the skill set that I gained over those years in corporate retail to say, okay, I know I need X, I know I need Y, I know I need Z, can I do this, you know, um, and then I just decided to approach it. And that's really how it all started. Wow. I, it is right. a wow. I mean, this
0: to me, when I'm looking at, I'm as I was, you know, thinking about the interview, and thinking through the process, I just there's so many pieces here that I, I good for you. You have like you are fearless. This is this is a tough thing to start. So I'm um, congratulations. And it's who inspired you? Do you have a designer out there that may have inspired some of the the, the designs? I, I know that you're kind of your own person in the space.
1: Well I it's funny like from a designer perspective perspective. I just enjoy fashion altogether. Um, I don't, it's, I don't really have one designer that I, I love. I mean, obviously there's like the greats like Chanel, um, you know, pretty much all of like you know, Vogue magazine, like, you know, the Harper's Bazaar, those types of things I've always had around me. So I can like have that inspiration of fashion, but I really truly, my, my father is the most stylish person I could possibly ever meet. He's he puts together things that you're just like, how did you visually think that, you know, and it doesn't just spill out into clothing, it also spills out into the home. And, you know, like, you know, our house is impe- like, you know, just the details of things that come up. So I would just say my honestly, my family, my mom is also very, so like, one of the things that I'm thinking about is growing up in my household, you know, we would always look at pictures and we had like albums, which were not a thing, which I really wish, you know, there were albums more. I needed people created that, but I would look through pictures of my mom and my dad dating. And my dad was a tailor, as I mentioned, and he made all of her clothes. So, He made all like they're like these amazing outfits from like sixties and seventies, and it's just like wow, these are awesome. Like these things are great, and he's like, yeah, I made that, you know. So I mean, that uh, is so cute. (laughs) That that is darling. That's
0: that's love, absolutely. So he must be so proud of you
1: as you're building this. He is, and my and and my mom is as well. Like my, they're both very proud of me. They've both been very much along this journey, which is a very long journey um, in the making. And they supported me in everything. When I said, oh, I want to start consulting, you know, my dad was just like, go for it. Like, you can do it, honey. Um, So they're very proud.
0: Oh, that's so great. It's, you know, when you have parents that are supportive like that, it just feels like you can do anything. So as far as the business goes, starting something and, and getting it launched, I mean,
1: was this something you had to get funding for? Or was it a bootstrap? bootstrapped completely bootstrapped and i i did it um so this is my fifth year anniversary actually um from since the website was up um and it's funny when i started it five years ago i only started it with two SKUs. So I wanted to perfect my, and I still do like, you know, I have not taken any outside funding. I've always used my smart capital, any, any, any money that's come in, I've reinvested it. I'm not paying myself. I'm putting in a lot of sweat equity. Um, and I have, um, a good team of people around me that are in belief of the dream as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like when I started this, I wanted to start slow, um, and perfect my vision and innovate on my vision purely with what my heart desired, and not be distracted by maybe what, you know, let's say fundraising might have had, I might have been more into financials or more into like this that I did, I lost the vision. Yeah, bootstrapped is where I started.
0: I love it. So you were in the creative process all the way. All the
1: way. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) that's great. And as far as so you have, I, I first want to talk about the your background you know working for some of these big brands was that when you were doing consulting work or were you under the brands for a
1: while oh I was under the brands for a while so I worked for again mentioned Talbot's was my my first um, introduction to corporate retail um and then I moved on to Converse which I, honestly one of the greatest companies I've ever worked for in my life um they really truly believed in growing their people that they believed in. Um, and like, again, I started in a very finance focused um, role and I kind of was like, I want to, I want to, I you know, I want to be more of a creative, <laughs> you know, like don't look at me as like crunching numbers and things over here. And it took many years of them just like, okay, Chanel, come sit in this meeting and tell me what you think, you know? Um, so I really owe a lot to them. And, um, I will speak nothing but great things about that company. Um, So it was really hard to leave it and move to California. Um, And I moved to California to um, be with Seven and then Levi's. And then so after Levi's, I decided to consult. So is Levi's up in San Francisco? Levi's is in San Francisco. So did did you relocate up there and then move back to LA? Uh, I bounced around. So I left Boston, moved to LA, then left LA, then moved to San Francisco, then got pregnant in San Francisco and was just like, ah. Um, So then I started consulting and I started working for the wonderful Museum of African Diaspora. And it just, it was almost, um, the only other way to say it was this is very spiritual and and, and, and very godsend, to be honest. Like, was walking up the street. on one of my many walks and then just happened to see that this museum was closed. I wanted to go inside. And I realized that the, they were redoing it and they had a retail store on the bottom floor and they had no idea how to set up a retail store. And I have spent the past 15 years building brick and mortar stores for those brands that I had mentioned. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll help. I, I can help you guys do this. And they're like, okay, like that would be great. <laughs> literally, that's how it happened. Um, so that was kind of my I got to be a startup um for a consulting a startup for a museum. So that's kind of how I got that bug.
0: so i I Chanel, I love that your clothing is made in the u s. and I to me, that is so important to help u s. manufacturers. Yeah. And I would love to know like what your what your th- thought process was and how you went about to find your manufacturing like process or, or place?
1: Yeah. So the real birth of miles Milan started in San Francisco. Um, I started like figure trying to think things through and I thought about using overseas. Um, but again, having my knowledge of corporate retail, one of the things I really wanted to do is I did not want to do, I did not want to start with a lot of inventory. Um, that was one of my ma- my main roles for, um, Com- for every other one of my companies was just to be inventory management. So I know I didn't want to start with that. And I knew that going overseas would require require me to hit minimums. Um, not to say that that's bad, but that's just for my business model. Again, starting in that creative, I wanted to see what worked before I – you know, just like bet the farm. Um, so I literally was just like, okay, I know that there are manufacturers in the U.S. There's a lot in the Midwest. There's a lot in um, New York and um, in, in the South, rather. Um, but there are also in L.A. because that's where I worked for two or three years. Um, so I just started to reach out to the manufacturing um Manufacturers that I knew in LA, and asked them, you know, could we do this minimum? Could we do that minimum? You know, and then also, I'm a bit of a control freak. I'm very, very OCD. So I love the idea of being able to sit down, touch, feel, go in, see the process as it was done, and really be able to to either slow or speed the process um, with my manufacturers on site.
0: That's, I mean, that's perfect. I wouldn't lo- say that's OCD. <laughs> <laughs> it's good quality control. Yeah. That's, that's great. And also you're helping, you know, your area, your community. Yeah. So it makes sense. Absolutely. So as far as like the texture, because I know your clothes are very soft. And mm-hmm. how how did you make that happen?
1: Well, I'm very... Again, maybe not OC, but I'm a very <laughs> thick, thick stickler for, for quality um, and for especially fabrications. And again, um, that's a lot with back my, my background um, as well. But I just would go through my own personal closet, honestly, close my eyes and feel all of the garments. And I would touch upon the one that would stop me emotionally, like, oh, I like this. And everyone's different, you know, uh, but there is a universal like softness. Everyone can perceive something soft, but there's variations of soft. Um, so I just stopped and I was like, OK, I like this. And then I would go to my and this is when my son Jackson was probably, you know, 10 or 10 months. I would go in with him and my baby Bjorn, and I would walk down the fabric um. Um, inventory or mills in LA. And I would say, do you have anything like this? (laughs) And that's literally how I would um, create the fabric is I would just go and be like, I want something that feels like this. If it doesn't feel like this, you know, what wash can we do to it? How many times can we wash it in order to get it to feel that way? Now that's another plus of doing something in the U.S. is that you can have those types of hands on experiences where you can get that quality versus not to say you can't get it overseas, but that time you can spend and communicate face to face versus through mail going back and forth like, nope, that's not right. Send it back. OK, wait a week. OK, this is what I want. Then come back. And so it just shortens time a little bit.
0: So how I'm just curious, are you still working with the
1: same manufacturer? Uh, Yes and no. So I've expanded, obviously. Um, So now I put my, I spread my categories out. So I work with multiple factories, and I work with multiple fabric houses um, in order to like create different, um, I guess, fabrication. So like from a cotton to a fleece.
0: Okay. And this Mm -hmm. is probably a touchy, just with COVID, how was it managing everything, the supply chain and everything for you?
1: It, um, it was, it was okay. I know, I'm, I know that I'm blessed and I know that a number of other manufacturers had a lot bigger issues than I did. My biggest problem was that obviously I went from having a team of like, like, let's say 40 people working on something to like six. So, you know, just being able to just get things out quicker was slower, but we were able to kind of do it on a skeleton crew.
0: Okay. Good yeah. for you. That's fantastic to hear. When working for the big brands and and you've been in business for a number of years, what were some of the big lessons? and sometimes those hard lessons are, you know, they're terrible, but they also make you a better business person yeah. and actually help you create your product and things things evolve. Is there anything that that you're comfortable sharing?
1: that yeah, I mean, first of all, I used to I used to look at failure. Is like the worst thing ever. Um, It almost felt like it was like, it was a permanent, like, you know, you couldn't get out of it. But I realized every failure is not permanent, it's temporary. And it's like, how do you look at it? Is like, you can either just give yourself that five minutes to mourn it, experience it, and then you have to figure out what you can learn from it. I actually had a, a manufacturer that I, again, who helped me get started. I owe him. Um, that meant that company really a lot and I will still like be grateful for everything. Um, but he taught me that it's not really the best thing to put all your eggs into one basket. You know, we've had a lot of, you know, delivery issues where, you know, I create campaigns and I'm saying like, okay, we're going to launch this new brand. And then it's like, er, no, So you're not ready yet. <laughs> um, so learning from that experience that, you know, it's better to spread um your categories around if it's possible um that was a huge lesson because i i literally had a standstill and a lot of mistakes were coming out of there you know i would have very clear direction like i wanted my colors my colors are only black white and gray right can't mess that up but <laughs> they somehow find a way to put you know the wrong embroidery on the wrong color and What was another one that was a big one? The wrong size scale, mix that up. So, you know, I couldn't offer my consumer, my customers really anything until they fixed it. Um, So that was a big lesson. Like, you know, you could look at that, like I'm finished. I'm never going to be able to manufacture something again. Or you're like, okay, I know what you can do really well. I'm going to continue to have that, have you do that. And I'm just going to look elsewhere for you to somebody else to do something else so that I'm not in this predicament again next season.
0: That's so smart. You're diversifying. So if someone falls down, you still have another option somewhere else. That's so so yeah. smart. It sounds like you bring a lot of like
2: your minimalism into all of your ideals like going through even like what you said before about the emotion that you get in touching the fabric that you like.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like not we're not we're not creating anything new. Baby clothes been around forever. It's just like just really honing in on the simplicity of things like let's not make it too complicated and that's like one of the big taglines I was like dressing your kids doesn't have to be complicated like we're trying to make it no fuss simple soft basics that you will love that will wear well that will wash well and one of the greatest things like you said it's like it's very minimalist one of the greatest joys that I get is when I see a customer who's bought my clothing um either like last year, now pregnant with their second or third. And their next child is wearing the same garment their first child wore. So it's like, it's just so it's just proving that the quality, the little things that I'm focusing on and making sure that they're there is truly lasting from generation to generation. It's Uh, a
2: staple piece. Absolutely.
0: Well,
1: and you're, you're in big stores. I
0: mean, you're in Saks and Nordstrom. And I mean, they, they they demand quality they their customers demand quality and how how was that getting
1: into those stores it it was um, honestly it was like very nerve-wracking because um, you know, you want, you've, you know, I've had a very much of a cult following. I've had much organic success with celebrities, just posting and liking my product. So this is on a, on a mass scale. It's one thing to have like a really, you know, niche market than to be like, okay, the masses. So of course, like in that, um, perfecting everything, it was like, I had to like be extra, extra on top of everything, but, you know, when I got into the stores, I made sure that I crossed my T's and dotted my I's three times before I passed anything over. Um, and I remember meet, having my first sales meeting with them. And I was just like, okay, how's it doing? How's it going? Almost oh, so one person returned. No! <laughs> like, like freaking out <laughs> because it's different when it's yours. And they're like, Chanel, that's actually okay. And... You know, normally that that's like, you know, people are just testing out sizes and I have a very low return rate um at both. So I'm very, very happy about that.
0: Awesome. <laughs> that's great. Good for you. How often do you put a new product or do they once you're in stores, do they ask for new products to come?
1: Well, yes. Yeah. So typically in a buy cycle for fashion brands, so like let's say like a seven for all mankind, you're supposed to have at least four deliveries every year, you know, spring, summer, fall, holiday, Um, and then maybe a fifth being resort. Um, Because my line is universal um, and seasonless, rather, I only offer newness twice a year. So I have like spring shorts, and then I do like a holiday where it's like maybe a new jacket or a new sweatshirt or new this, but then I have the core line that's all year round. That actually,
0: that's very very cool. Do you see yourself? Are you in Europe
1: at all yet, or is it more? Um. So last, I'm not in Europe yet. And that's something that I'm trying logistically to fr- figure out. Um. But I do have a, a a large um interest group of customers and followers and press and things like that in Germany in France. Um. I was in in style. Um. Germany. Uh, so that's like I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay, I so, <laughs> um, but I was very grateful to be in. In style as a little girl, that's like you know, growing up, loving fashion magazines, and being able to just be in one of the greats.
2: That's yeah, cool. that's oh oh my god! I bet the little girl in you is like woohoo, oh. freaking oh, out, screaming for sure.
0: <laughs> so
1: actually, that's a good topic. How how are you celebrating the wins? Um. I try to, I don't do the best at it. I must admit my, my husband is the the one that's just like, you need to stop. But, um, <laughs> there are certain things that, um, he's like, you need to stop and smile. There's certain wins, like the Instyle one that, that stopped me in my tracks. Um, Nordstrom and Zach stopped me in my tracks. Oprah. Yeah. That put me oh, on yes. the whole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, normally I, I just like look at myself a little clap and then I keep going.
0: So, do you mm-hmm. have a PR person that's doing the outreach for you? This is all organic.
1: All organic. Wow. Good yeah, for it's a, you. True, true godsend. I, I've i had a number of people like, so how did you do that? How did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's all I can think of is just I have a very high repeat customer rate. Um, and so like you get a gift you buy a gift for someone else. And then it just cycle its way around the world and gets into the hands that be.
0: And the the products timeless, the pieces are timeless, and the kids grow and then they're able to, I know, so with our, our labels, moms love them because they can peel them off. And then they're hand-me-downs for like a cousin mm-hmm. or a younger sibling. So with your pieces, you can just and they, they last, you can keep wearing them. It's fantastic. I love yeah. it. They're never going to go out of style. No. <laughs> so what has been the most challenging thing, or I guess work-life balance? Cause I know that you have two little ones and you're a busy
1: entrepreneur. Um,
0: what, what have you been able to do to kind of help that out a little
1: bit? At first, I, you know, I think the biggest thing that I did start did for myself is try not to balance. Like I had to like reframe my thinking and just like, I can't, if I try to keep everything balanced, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, I need to pretty much understand what things are, what things can wait and what things can't and just be forgiving of myself if I can't get to something that I wanted to. Um, So for me, like, how do I kind of like keep it all you know, moving is I try to make time for my boys, at least a moment a day, you know, even it in it, the time frame may change. It may be longer one day, maybe shorter one day, but I want to give them their unconditional, like undivided attention, um, uninterrupted attention and just be like, okay, let's play for five minutes. Mommy has five minutes before a call. Let's just play um, or tell me about your day. And I just make sure that I touch base with them every day. Um, and then also I make sure that I work out And I just try to give myself either 10 minutes, five minutes of just either walking on a treadmill or on some days I try to get up early and do like an hour. Um, So I just try to understand that I might not be able to do it all, but I can do a piece each day.
2: I love that. That's what my dad always says. How do you eat the elephant, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little bit every day. So as far as advice for other moms, that would be it then is just doing something for yourself every day. Just be mindful.
1: Just be mindful. And don't put a, like, again, just, I, I, I want to, like, I, I would be like, okay, I have to work out for 40. I have to work out 40 minutes a day. Like that's going to be hard to do every single day. Something's going to come up, you know, like, well, if you can't do 40 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes is okay. And just being mentally okay with the fact that you took that, that, and, and don't, and just take that time purely. Don't be like, "Oh, I wish I was doing more." Like you know, do like eat at it. It's just, just really take that time purely and honor it. Is what I always say.
2: I love. This is so refreshing because we ask we ask this question a lot and talk to some other entrepreneurs. And work life balance is like not an achievable thing for an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I'm not one, and so it's you know it's that's the common thought and you are the first person to say that you don't have you don't want to label it as a work-life balance and I really really like that and I really like everything that you just said and especially the fact of the five minutes instead of forcing yourself to do the 40 minutes every day you're setting Mm -hmm. yourself up for guilt like to feel bad about yourself (laughs) if you can't do that so I
0: really that's a great frame of mind you should write a book. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I did want to ask this is kind of a light question so you have two boys and mm-hmm. if you could give each child a superpower, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, I, that's... she's um, <laughs> that a light <laughs> question? Uh, uh, it's a tough question. Uh, you know, I think, um, I guess like the power to, to, I mean, it's just depending on now, I'm a, I'm a big, because of my husband, Marvel person. So I'm like, are we talking like superpower, superpower? Or <laughs> like, um, I, I think honestly, if I could give my kids one thing, is just to never give up on their dreams, and just to know that they can, that they can truly accomplish anything if they put their mind to, to, to just trying it and working hard at it. Not necessarily just like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, no. If you really want to do it, discover how it's done, and keep at it until you figure it out, and then make yourself proud—not anyone else around you, but yourself proud. Um, so I think that's one thing is just to like never give up and just to always shoot for their, for um, their goals and their dreams.
0: There, there was one thought I had earlier was just, I was wondering how you broke out the process of starting your own business and starting your own clothing line. And I think you just said it. So yeah. you, I think you had spooled it way out in advance, was able, you were able to see the vision and see how you needed to make it happen.
1: Yeah. I really, when I I I I remember sitting down and thinking like, you know, I want to do this, Um, and you know, lots of dreams start. Most dreams just start as off as a fantasy, and I honestly thought I would have my own company and career after retirement. You know, when I was older, the kids were in college, off to college or whatever. I always thought that that's when I would start like my little time, you know, to do my own little store. and then I realized like it does I don't have to wait that long. I can do it now. So I just I literally wrote out a did a PowerPoint of like just a, a vision, like a Pinterest board of like what I wanted and what it and what the aesthetic was. So um, like you said, I just put like pen to paper and it's like, okay, if I want to do this, this is what I need, this is how I want to do it, this is what I need to build it, this is the knowledge I need to learn um in order to do it. That's
0: fantastic. As far as mentors it's the the one woman that helped you in the very beginning are you still good friends with her
1: i don't talk to her as much um and i don't even think that she truly knows um that she was a big part of my life. Um, other than that point, where and I la- just decided to leave. leave. <laughs> but we do follow each other on Instagram, and I'm happy to see that she's doing well. And she, when all of the successes that I've had, she always shoots me a post to say congratulations.
0: Good. Uh, do you <laughs> do you find yourself stepping into that role now as a mentor for other people?
1: Yes, and I'm um, I'm grateful for it. I'm also kind of like mindful that uh, I don't want to put my, opi- I want to draw things out. I don't want to, you know, put my, my personal experience on them. I want to find, because a true mentor really helps you discover what you want for yourself. Um And then if you can build, be- find passion with what someone else is doing, great. But, you know, I also know, like, you know, I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to have you a part of the team, but I want to support your dream as well. So
0: <laughs> that's, Absolutely. I love that. And it's just it's so neat meeting people who are creating who have a vision, are able to build it, make it happen, and then inspire others to follow and, you know, possibly build their own dream. So thank you so much for joining us today. I did want to close I typically close um, on like quotes or words to live by or do you have some words that you live
1: by? Yes, I do. And I'm going to quote my father, who's told me this many times when I was growing up is um, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll land among the stars. So um, that's, that's cool. what I would leave everyone. <laughs> I
0: love it. That's a great way to end. I That's a fantastic quote. Chanel Fuller with Miles and Milan. Thank you so much for joining us on From the Basement Up.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on From the Basement Up. Please be sure to check namebubbles.com for our blog on the podcast and all of the show notes, resources, and links for our guests every Thursday. And please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. And thank you.